welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is your host, Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. I have been wanting to do an episode on David Allen's getting things done for quite some time. I've had it kind of percolating in a list. One might even call it my someday maybe podcast topic list, which will make sense later in this episode if that doesn't ring a bell right now. And yeah, I decided this was a good time to unearth it, probably because I just finished reading his 2008 Getting Things Done sequel, Making It All Work. Yes, I am reading productivity books from 2008 in my spare time, but I love his work. I find it very interesting, even though I do not follow his processes to a T, as I will discuss in this episode. So I thought I would share what I do love about his methods and kind of what I don't do in this deep dive episode. But first, I am going to bring you a planner piece of the day. This comes from listener Tara. Maybe it's Tara. I apologize. It's T-A-R-A. She writes, Hi, Sarah. I was listening to your latest podcast, and you were doing a planner match with a person who loves her Hobonichi but wanted more color. I understand her struggle. I wanted to attach my planner's transformation photos. So these will be shared on my website, theshoebox.com, in the daily show notes that come out the same day as the episode. So I apologize there's no associated visual that can pop up in your podcast player at this juncture, but hey, maybe that will happen eventually. And for now, you'll have to just go to the show notes to see her beautiful blinged out Hobonichi. She also writes that she ordered the glitter Hobonichi for 2023, and guess what? So did I. She writes... I love the pod. So anyway, thank you so much for sharing Tara or Tara. I truly appreciate you, you know, bringing a little bit of fun to Hobonichi because it can seem a little bit minimalist, but it does not have to stay that way. So thank you so much for sending that in. The next thing I wanted to bring attention to is um, routine and things with Ashley Brown. So I had Ashley on this podcast way back in the early days of the pod. I've been following Ashley's journey for quite some time, and her whole kind of philosophy and focus is set around routines and making sure that the routines in our lives get the focus that they truly deserve since they are the things we do day in and day out and that really shape a lot of the hours of our lives. So I love her work. I just love that it brings so much focus and attention to this important element of our lifestyles. And so I was super excited to have her on Best of Both Worlds. So I will link to the episode where I interviewed her more recently. That's episode 268. And one of the reasons she's making the rounds again, although she's always a a gracious podcast guest and a podcaster herself, is that she is releasing her very own planner. And she did not specifically ask me to share it here, but I still wanted to do so since I know so many of you might be interested in. It comes out on October the 5th. So when this airs, I don't think it will actually be out yet, but quite soon later in the week. She sent me a copy to take a look at it, and it is really a unique product. So I think she has something you know new and different to offer the planner world aside from what's out there. It's a hardback planner. It's on the larger side, but not like overwhelmingly thick. It could be carried around the house without you know back strain or anything crazy like that. And it is a weekly undated planner that also has monthly spreads. And of course, it is focused on building routines. So the weekly pages are a very unique routine matrix. There are days of the week on the left on the right-hand page, and then there are columns labeled self-care, children and family, cleaning, and cooking. I was playing with it and kind of filling it out as to how I might work it 
into my life. And since I admittedly don't do all that much cleaning, I cross that off and put my workouts in that column. So you could certainly customize it to fit better the things that you like to track. But I love that it kind of delineates these separate things. So we're making sure that we don't neglect routines in any one area. She also has some pages specifically dedicated to visioning your routines and a quarterly page where you get to identify a routine of focus for the next few months. So that will be out for pre-order beginning April 5th. Sorry, not April. That's my Never mind. Um, It will be available for order starting October 5th. And I have no affiliation, um, so I don't have a code or anything like that. But I just love Ashley's work. And it's definitely something to think about checking out. Might be a lovely gift for maybe a new mom who's working on building those, you know, kind of fresh, raw routines at times and who might need a little bit of guidance. All right. Now we are going to move on to discussing the meat of this episode, which is getting things done. I don't remember when I first read Getting Things Done. I'm going to guess it was mid-aughts. The book, the hardback version, came out in 2001. I definitely didn't read it back then. I was still in college and probably not all that excited about a productivity book by like an older dude. (laughs) But I did read it several years after, maybe while I was in medical school. And I remember it was probably one of the very first self-development or productivity books that I read. And I was kind of like mind blown by the idea that someone published a book basically about like how to do life and that, you know, he sort of promised this recipe. If you followed it perfectly, you'd be organized for the rest of your days and just get everything done effortlessly. Like it had a lot of really interesting promises in it, but also a lot of really compelling ideas, many of which I put into action right around then. There have been multiple revisions ever since then. I don't know that I've ever read the most recent revision of Getting Things Done, which came out in 2015. I did just finish, as I mentioned in the intro, the sequel, which is called Making It All Work. It came out in 2008, and there are definitely some dated references in there, which I'll get to towards the end here. I find them kind of amusing, honestly, but some might actually find it distracting. And I have probably read Getting Things Done, I'm going to guess three or four times, so I don't read it like every single year, but every few years, I just kind of like get an itch to read it again, and new things always come out, and it was interesting to read his sequel, Making It All Work, for the first time now, because I actually never read that when it came out in 2008, and it really has a lot of the same material, but he tries really hard to kind of bring it to a practical application and spends more time discussing his various horizons of focus, which honestly are not as meaningful to me as his kind of action steps to capture and clarify everything in your life, but are still really interesting to read about anyway. So before I confuse you with this David Allen GTD getting things done terminology, I am going to go step by step and talk a little bit about what his process actually is. And we will be back after a quick break to discuss that in detail. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com slash plans50 
and use code PLANS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code PLANS50, P-L-A-N-S 50, at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick and what I'm hoping to wear all season is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Okay, I am back and... I am going to go through the big five steps in David Allen's kind of action steps for getting things done. And I did pull this outline off of his website, but I'm going to flesh it out with my experiences and what I've learned about getting things done over the years to just put a little bit more detail and flesh out what he's talking about. Okay, so step one out of five is capture. And under capture, he details and describes that as collecting what has your attention. Now, I have read about how he's done this capture process, like particularly when he is working as a consultant, and it is a complete 360-degree capture. So he will spend days working with an executive, and basically every single thing that reminds this person of anything gets put in a giant pile or an inbox. Any little thought, any open loop, any email, any, I don't know, something on the wall that needs to be fixed. Just basically anything that is not completely already processed and in a system, which if you're starting from scratch, is going to be pretty much everything, just goes in one giant pile without any judgment, without any hierarchy. It's kind of like the Marie Kondo version of taking everything from your closet and dumping it on your bed so you can kind of go through one by one. David Allen wants you to do that with like all of the stuff of life. Now, I guess that brings up an interesting point, which is that like, can you ever capture everything? Because even when you do a David Allen capture, you probably are not emptying your entire closet out. And yet there are probably things in your closet that are sitting there that you don't need. So I don't know if a full, full capture stripping to the bare bones of your existence is really all that realistic unless you spend maybe like a solid month and that's all you're doing. But it is an interesting idea, right? Like what would happen if you got down to like every single item and thing in your life completely collected in one space or list or categorized? It's just an interesting thought experiment. Anyway, he's kind of um, 
format agnostic in terms of how you want to do this. You can have a digital list. You can have folders. You can have pieces of paper. He does love the idea of writing any kind of open loop thought down on like a blank piece of paper and just putting that one thought and then just shoving it into a pile. Because again, the idea is you're not overwhelming yourself with any one thing, but you're just kind of like putting it down one at a time in a giant collection of source. So that is capture. Have I ever done a full capture? I don't know. I mean, I feel like in my review process, which we'll get to later, I do tend to kind of make sure that I don't have items lingering out there to be captured. And by the way, this would count items in your email inbox because if they're sitting in your inbox, then they're not like where they belong. They're not organized into action steps. They're just sitting in your inbox. Yes, they serve as a reminder there. But to me, getting to inbox zero is actually part of the capture step or at least knowing that you're going to get to inbox zero in the next step actually is is what I would say. So just writing down maybe on a piece of paper, email inbox and knowing that you have to go through everything in there would be the version of capture. So yes, capture is just capturing every single thought and every little single nagging thing. And he actually has in his books a list of prompts basically because it's hard to think of every little thing that you have open. Like you might have you know, plan spring break and plan for the next year's summer camp and this nagging work project, that presentation that's due on Friday and pay your taxes and all these, you know, fix your shoes, all these kind of random things from all parts of life. He has this prompt list, which goes through, you know, you think about all the common things that might be bugging you and that will help you bring to light and add to your pile things that might apply to you. So I believe those are in an appendix in his book and they can be really useful if you're trying to kind of remember what you're forgetting or what you have buried in your subconscious somewhere. Okay, so that's capture. Step two is to clarify. And he has a specific process for what that means. And to clarify is to decide if any of these items, so you'd pick up the item that you captured, maybe it is a shoe that needs repairing, and you would decide, is this actionable? If it's a shoe that needs repairing, you'd be like, yes, it is. This is a shoe that I would like to fix. And you would then put it into a basically decide that it is something that is going to be actionable, that's going to be organized into a list in step three. If it is not actionable, It can either be trash, like maybe you look at the shoe and you're like, actually, I don't really want this shoe. This is not worth my time and I'm going to donate it. Okay, now it's trash. Or maybe it's reference. It's probably not going to apply to a shoe, but maybe it's a, I don't know, (laughs) a business card of a shoe repair shop that you want to file somewhere and have handy, um, even if that's just buried somewhere in your Gmail where you can search for it if needed. Or it could be something to put on hold for the future. And things that are going to be put in hold for the future can even be things that you want to see at a very specific date, which can then go into a calendar or tickler file. Or my version of that is you just turn to the page in your planner when you want to be reminded of that and you write a little reminder. So I do that actually all the time for things that are not actionable now, but I will want to think about later, but are still clouding my consciousness. Things like booking a hotel for a future trip. I probably don't need to book a hotel nine months in advance, but because it's kind of annoying me and like just like, you know, distracting me a tiny bit, I might go four months in advance of that trip and just put in my planner, book hotel. And then I can be free of that task and not worry about whether I'm going to think about it again when I need to. Okay, so that would be something for the future. You might also have something that you're waiting on someone else to complete 
And you could either have that in a special waiting on list that you're going to review at regular intervals, or perhaps you would stick that on a future tickler as well. Like, okay, I have asked someone to do something and I'm going to put in my planner in two weeks to check with them, you know, if it's done by that point. It's not on my plate. I'm not going to deal with it, but I need to remind myself to follow it up. And then finally, there is the someday maybe. So that would be an item that is not actionable now, but you think you might want to act on it for later. So maybe someone sent you a link to a really cool looking shoe store that you might want to visit someday. You don't know when, but it like, you know, once these other shoes wear out or you can't replace them or whatever. I don't know where I got this shoe metaphor, by the way. I I apologize, but <laughs> I had to come up with something and that's what happened in the fly. So maybe you are going to take this shoe website and you're going to stash it somewhere where you will, you know, see it on occasion and just be reminded about it, but you don't have any concrete plans to go to that shoe store. Okay. So again, that was step two. You're deciding if what was in your capture pile is actionable. And then if not, you're either discarding it, you're putting it away for reference, you're saving it for the future in some sort of calendar or tickler format, or you're putting it in a someday maybe. Okay. Step three is organized. And that is where, I mean, to me, clarify and organize, like there's a little bit of overlap here, but I think organize really refers to your actionable steps. So once you have now this pile of actionable steps, you need to go ahead and park them where they belong. And David Allen suggests you do that by context. Like you have a list of things to do when you're on the phone and things to do when you're in front of a computer and things to do when you, you know, are alone and not being bothered. I kind of take a little bit of issue with this one in 2022. I mean, I always have my phone, which is basically a computer, and it really renders these contexts a little bit muddier than they were when he created this idea back in 2001. Plus, I find that if they're not hierarchically organized in some other fashion, the lists get really long and they're going to be like kind of random. Like, you know, you'll have a kid thing next to a work thing next to a home thing. And I find it a little bit easier to make sure that things are categorized more by subject. Like um, myself, I naturally tend to divide between work, home, blog, and podcast, and self. Home includes the kids. So that tends to be how I divide things up. But I would argue there's no one right way to do this. It's kind of like what fits you and the stage of your life that you're in. And I used to have like two separate buckets for different types of work that I was doing, things like that. So he, he urges you to put these actions that are lingering out there where they belong. And he also mentions the context of a project, which is basically just any task that's going to include more than one action becomes a project. So trip to Seattle would not be an action because that's like, okay, I got to book my tickets. I got to book my hotel. I got to decide on this. I got to book my reservations. That's a project. So it's like a multi-action thing is referred to as a project. And you can have a projects list that has all the projects that are active in your life right now. And then you can also have a next actions list with the very next action on each project. I do not keep these types of lists. My lists, as you guys know very well, are organized by time horizon and then by category, like I just mentioned. So instead of having an actions list and a projects list, I have my yearly goals list and my quintiles goals list and my monthly goals list and my weekly list and my daily list. And um, within those, I tend to have those organized by kind of the category of my life. And that's what works for me. It's hard for me to identify, you know, why that works for me and not David Allen's method. But this is just kind of how my method has evolved over time. And I also wanted to mention in this step, something that he doesn't mention all that much, which is routines. So 
yes, you know, getting everything into its categories can really help you define what you're going to do throughout the day. But I also think this is where you would put some thought into, I guess his system is a little bit more stuff and a little bit less time-based, but I actually think routines kind of belongs in this organized step because if there are things that you do every single day that just kind of keep life running, then you don't have to, they're not, they don't have to be on your actions list because you know you're going to do them every single day. So I guess I would just sort of like side note, routines are really, really important kind of on this level of planning. The next step in David Allen's hierarchy, or not hierarchy, in his five-step process is to reflect. And he mentions reviewing frequently. He especially has a lot of attention to the weekly review, but he also mentions reviews of longer timeframes. And he, he uses the language update and review all pertinent system contents to regain control and focus. I do agree with that wholeheartedly. That's why I love having specific daily review processes, like what I do in the morning. It doesn't take that long, but it gets me set for every single day a weekly review, a monthly review, a quintile review, and a yearly review. And it's why I have actually written out those steps. That was very much influenced by David Allen because I feel like if you put a lot of thought into what you want these reviews to contain and you always know that you're going to do them, they can just have a lot of power because these are things that are not, again, kind of tugging at your conscious the rest of the time. So I definitely agree wholeheartedly with step four, which is reflect and review frequently. And then finally, his last step is step five, engage or simply do. And he writes, use your trusted system to make action decisions with confidence and clarity. So his analogy that he likes to use is mind like water, which is that if you have organized and you've reviewed and you've collected and everything is in order, you're just going to be able to focus on one thing at a time and you're going to know exactly what the right thing is to do next at any moment and be confident about that. I just... In real life, I'm not sure how true I find that. I feel like he is leaving out the part of the day where you sit there with your lists. You might look at what your lists are, and then you decide how you're going to want to spend your hours and decide what your priorities are and kind of match that to the time available and write that down or have that like stated, those intentions stated for the day. I need to do that to feel calm. I cannot just be like, oh, I have on my list and I'm going to go about my day until the day magically feels like it needs to be over and maybe I will have done what is priority because I have all of my steps in order. I just can't. I think I would forget to pick up my kids or something like that, which he doesn't have, by the way. So I feel like his time constraints are very different than mine and that's part of what makes me so much more focused on time than he is. And that's not a knock at him, but it's just, you know, a fact. And I also would mention in this engaged step is that you need in this day and age to figure out how to control your inputs, which is something he doesn't mention. Because back when his system was created, you weren't going to be pinged and binged at every moment from your phone and from email and from Asana and from Slack and like God knows what else. And I think in order to go about your day in this nice, calm, step-by-step, one thing at a time, dealing with your priorities kind of way, you also need to put some intention into figuring out how to prevent yourself from being pinged and dinged at every moment, which means figuring out when you do need to be available and how to control that. So I just feel like that was kind of left out of his, probably because back then people had to call you to bother you and you could just not answer. It was just a little bit different time back then. And then the other thing I would mention, just because I think the book tends to have kind of like a, he really tries to lighten it up and to make sure that this is not just about getting more work done. But I think there deserves like a a note about like, make sure you are including fun. Make sure some of the things you are doing are just for you, are hobbies, are appreciating art and having fun with loved ones and just 
things that you want to do and not just things that are quote unquote, you know, productivity and hacks and getting it all done. You also want to make sure you're purposefully spending hours in your lives doing things that you want to be doing. So I just think that deserves a special mention in the engage step. And it's not that he doesn't mention doing things you want to do. In fact, you know, he, I followed him on Instagram and he loves leisure time. He loves nature. He lives, I think in like Amsterdam, or at least he did. And he, he lives this wonderful life full of like what looks like beautiful leisure and travel. So it's not that he doesn't believe in that, but I just think it deserves some emphasis in the actual system. So that's pretty much kind of my take and where the shoebox and best laid plans meets getting things done, I guess. Super interesting. Maybe, maybe, maybe I could get David Allen to come on the podcast. That would be like incredibly thrilling to me. So I will cross my fingers and hope that his people will find this and and work on that for you all because I know you would probably all love it as well. But in case that doesn't come to fruition, you can check out all of his books, of course, and he has his own podcast. If you have any podcast player, just search for Getting Things Done and they'll often release snippets of like old things he's had and even things that I can tell were from like paid experiences. So it's actually a really fun listen and I very much enjoy it. And then the last thing I wanted to mention is that I said earlier that sometimes there's some dated references in his work, and some people might use that to criticize, but I actually think it's really kind of like heartwarming in a way. Like he'll mention PDA or like, you know, Palm Pilots of the the past, and oh, I just read it in my palm. And it just helps me to realize how the systems we use can be so fleeting, and yet the philosophies we use can be so timeless. Like I still feel like there's so much I can get out of his work and how he thinks about things, even though obviously I haven't seen a PDA for quite some time. And it also makes me think about today's systems and whether they're going to be around 10, 20 years from now. Like, will asana and notions still be things? We'll find out, I guess. All right. Well, this was a really, really fun episode. One of those episodes where I just get to riff on something I'm passionate about and interested in. So I would love to hear your thoughts as well. Is anybody else getting things done? Devotee or spend a lot of time thinking about their version of the process? I would love to hear it. Keep those planner piece submissions coming or planner profile submissions as well. You can email those to me. The easiest way to reach me is shoeboxblog at gmail.com. S-H-U-B-O-X-B-L-O-G at gmail.com. And then, of course, you can always leave comments on the show notes to leave questions. You can send me an audio file via email or via SpeakPipe. And I promise very soon I'm going to have my text messaging set up so you will be able to text me beautiful planner pictures as well. So I'm putting it out into the universe by the end of October. That will be a thing. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week with more planning fun and have a wonderful Monday if you are listening to this on the day it comes out. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.